Ever have that feeling that it might be time to have your roof replaced? But you just ignore it because nobody wants to pay for a new roof. What if you could have your roof rejuvenated at a fraction of the cost of a new one? The company who can do this is called RoofMax. And they can extend the life of your roof from 5 to 15 years guaranteed. There's a lot of science to this, which I can't really explain here. But if you want to save a lot of money, you should check out RoofMax.com to see exactly how they do it. Think you need a new roof? Think again. RoofMax.com Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. We are so pleased to have you with us, and we take a trip back in history and then a trip to the present as we talk with Gerald Flores in a couple of moments. He and his late wife, Judge Karen Crouch, were on this program many, many months ago to talk about his caregiving journey. Then, since then, his wife has passed away, and we're going to get an update from Gerald on what he learned from being a caregiver. Our co-host, Carol Zerniel, is with us. Carol is the past chairman of the board of directors of the National Council on Aging. She's a member of the Ray's Family Caregiving Advisory Council under the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. Carol has a master's degree in social gerontology, and she is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Carol Zerniel, I know you remember when we had Gerald and Karen Crouch on so many months ago. You know, and and I have to admit, I was um, saddened again um, to think about losing uh, Karen and uh, hearing that this particular journey had come to an end. But it, it's so important, I think, to to talk about the experience that we've had and what we've what we've learned along the way. Um, and it's helpful for other caregivers, I think, uh, to kind of understand. Um, that life does keep going on um, and and to hold that as well. Gerald has uh, three wonderful children and uh, his late wife, Judge Karen Crouch, well-known in Bear County, Texas, and across the state as well, an exceptional lawyer and an exceptional judge. Gerald was a Fulbright-Hayes scholar, studied in, in Istanbul, Turkey in 1990. He is a graduate of the University of Texas at San Antonio, earned a Bachelor of Arts degree, at the University of Texas, San Antonio, he has a certificate and endorsement in bicultural bilingual studies, and he also uh, has been trained as a teacher and has taught as well as has been an administrator in the public school system, was a principal, you name it, he's done it. And Gerald Flores, it is so great to have you on. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, I remember... And, and Gerald and his family and, and my family are friends. He, he has known my wife long before I ever met Gina. Uh, he knew my mother-in-law. He's been really very, very involved uh, in the lives that I've been involved in. And so uh, when I learned that you suddenly had become a caregiver after Karen's tragic auto accident, uh, your life changed dramatically. Remind us of what happened. Well, um <clears throat> Basically, Karen was at a judicial conference in Vermont, and uh, she and my sister had gone to the law school for a um, dinner, and 
they left early because they didn't want to be out late. So they were driving home around uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, an 18 year old young man who was four times over the legal limit uh, and was on drugs was uh, speeding uh, on a 25 mile an hour road. And uh, he hit them head on. Uh, my sister unfortunately passed away in that accident. And Karen was in the hospital for a long time. And even after I brought her home, she was in bed for many, many months. They told us that she would never walk again, um, but she did. And um, she was able to go back to work. And um, the last three years, um, as she retired, um, I could see that she was deteriorating. And the doctors had already told us that they told us they said she could live a year or she could live 10. But they did not think that she would live more than 10 years. Um, only she had a, a, a number of internal injuries, right? Yes. And only Karen and I knew that. We did not share that information, not even with my family, um, because our children were so small. They were seven and eight years old at the time. And we tried to protect them from what eventually was going to happen. Um, fortunately, um, Karen was able to see all three of her kids graduate from high school. And uh, it has still been very, very difficult uh, for them. And I can tell you, it is so important when children are grieving. I don't care if you're an adult or a young person, you need to see a therapist. Uh, all three of my children, um, I put them in therapy, um, and it has been a wonderful, wonderful experience for them. Um, unfortunately, all three of them lost the semester of college that they were in because their mother passed away in October, and it just destroyed, you know, it destroyed them. So, um, like I told them, there's always going to be another semester. Don't worry about it. Move on. And um, the universities were very good um, with the kids. They offered counseling, um, especially UTSA. UTSA really, really helped my son. Um, they have a, a grieving program there where they allow the students to either continue with their classes or withdraw the semester as if it never happened, and which was the option that Nico took. And so they, I, I cannot thank them enough for what they did. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. We're talking with Gerald Flores about his experience as a caregiver for his late wife, Karen, caring for his kids as well. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zorniel. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. Gerald, as a result of that accident, uh, your life your life changed dramatically. Uh, you literally became 24-7 caregiver for Karen and for the kids. You learned, uh, if you didn't know before, how to make school lunches, how to get them to school, how to get their stuff ready, how to do all the stuff that a two-parent household does. And you were doing that as a single parent, in essence, caring for a, a very sick uh, wife at the time. Uh, how did you adjust to that? <clears throat> well, um it wasn't easy. <laughs> uh, of, of course, you know, having been an educator all my life, uh, and fortunately, I had just retired. Um, 
I retired in October, the year before she had the accident. Um, and I would tell you, God knows what he's doing. Uh, because I was an educator, I knew what my kids needed. And um, yes, I had to make sure they got to school on time. They you know, had all the things they needed. Homework was done. Come home. They had to have dinner, you know, their baths and make sure, you know, we did homework. At the same time, taking care of Karen and her needs. Um, like I said, the last three years before her death were really the hardest. Um, in between, you know, I told you my kids had to have therapy. But um, what a lot of people don't realize is that this accident, um, there were times where Karen would wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I had to rush her to the hospital. And, of course, my kids being, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, they saw the ambulance coming to the house every so often. They saw their mother, you know, bleeding and having a hard time. And uh, all of that was very difficult for the family. Um, but fortunately, the schools were very good. Um, St. George Episcopal was amazing with my, my kids. Um, and Which later, is a school in San Antonio, for those yes. who don't know. Yes. And later, Antonian um, High School, it's a Catholic high school, all three of my kids went there, and they were very good. They were very, very good in working with the kids and helping me. Um, like I said, um, the last three years were the most difficult. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that really helped me, well, first of all, your friends and your family are important. And um, because our lives have always been so public, um, it was hard for me to not, you know, everybody wanted to know everything on Facebook or whatever. And I made a very conscious decision to exclude Karen's illness from all of that. Um, so I didn't share anything about her illness with anybody. And now my friends like you, for example, you all knew what we were going through. Um, my close friends and my family, um, but everybody else, they didn't know. We tried to keep keep it as normal as possible, more for the kids than anything else. But I would tell you, anybody who's doing caregiving, you need to keep your family and your friends really close. And I know it's hard. Some people don't have family. It's also important. One of the things that kept me sane was um, every once in a while, I would take a break and I would go to the grotto, which is right down the street from where I live. And I would take 20, 25 minutes, I'd pray a rosary and calm down, and then I'd come back home and start all over again. Hmm. So everybody has a different way of dealing with those things. But for me, my talks with God and talking about it with your family is important. Um, and, you know, having close friends. Um, fortunately, I have a lot of really, really good friends. And so, you know, we would talk about things, and that's important. You know, as far as caregiving goes, you know, one of the things that I I discovered, uh, Karen and I were always very organized. We always lived by a calendar. You know, Karen, even the kids would tell the teachers, oh, I can't do that unless it's on my mother's calendar. <laughs> so we were very organized as a family, and that helped. You know, keeping a calendar of all her appointments, all the doctors, I always kept a notebook that had who the doctors were, what they were dealing with. 
I had a, a list of all the medicines that she would take when she was supposed to take them. Um, I had them posted on the wall in our bedroom so that no matter who was there, if I was not there for any reason, there was a list of what needed to be done. How many uh, medicines was she on? Oh, well, it depends because um, you all don't know this, but um, Karen had to have a hysterectomy because she was bleeding um, profusely and they couldn't stop the bleeding. Um, so that went on for about two years. And finally, they decided they were going to operate. They were able to operate. And the night before she went into the operation, she had lost so much blood, she fell and broke her hip. Oh. So they had to rush her into the hospital, do emergency surgery on her hip. And I kept her in the hospital. I told the doctor, I'm not taking her out until you do the hysterectomy. So the following week, they did the hysterectomy. When they did that, they found out she had cancer. And on top of all of that, her kidneys had failed because, of course, they were very, very damaged in the accident. Her whole body, the inside of her body was completely crushed. And um, so she's on dialysis. She's had a hip operation. And now they have cancer. So um, we started her on, on chemo. And, um, I mean, you talk about a strong woman. I mean, I, I could not have done what she went through. I'd have just given up the ghost. And um, Well, there are a so lot she, of people who couldn't do what you did. And, um, you know, looking back now, I can tell you it was very hard. Um, we went through the chemo. During the, the chemo, they found out that the hip, when they did the hip operation, they didn't take out the staples in time. And so they, the doctor had to go back and open her up again. But he couldn't do that until after she finished all of the chemo. So in March, she finished the chemo, and they said the cancer was gone. Now we had to do the operation. And so from March to May, it was really hard. Karen was just in bed. She couldn't get out of bed, so I had to do everything. Um, and I'll be very honest with you. I was sleeping about two or three hours a day. And um, I finally sat down with Karen, and I said, Karen, you're killing me. I'm going to die before you. I just can't do this. I just can't do this anymore. And so we got together. We had a friend, Beatriz, who is a, uh, a nurse at the university hospital. We called her and we said, look, help us find somebody, an organization, something that we can bring to the house because I need sleep. <laughs> you know, because, of course, I was dealing with high school kids as well. And um, so we got something. Uh, it was an organization called um, Buddies. Uh, Oh, something buddies. I can't remember. Um, well, hold your thought and I'll come right back to you while you think of that. You're okay. listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernial. This is an incredible story that Gerald Flores is sharing with us. And our heart obviously goes out to you and, and, and love for your late wife, Karen Crouch. This is Caregiver SOS on air. Well, thank you so much for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We're delighted to have you with us. We come to you every week with a discussion of an issue, a problem, some accomplishments involved in caregiving with more than 60 million caregivers across this country, but most thinking they are the Lone Rangers. We try to bring you the latest information and help that can make that job easier and more manageable. 
Caregiver SOS On Air takes a look at trends across this country. We provide tips on how to be a better caregiver, and most importantly, where you can go for help. On Caregiver SOS On Air, we try to give you what you need to make that caregiving manageable and to provide you with the help that can make your life easier. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel and I are delighted to co-host this program, and we're thrilled you've joined us on the award-winning Caregiver SOS On Air podcast available everywhere, brought to you by WellMed Charitable Foundation. Hello, friend. We're so pleased you're sticking with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zornel. We're talking with Gerald Flores here in San Antonio, Texas, where he lives and where he and his uh, late wife, Karen Crouch, have raised three incredible kids, talking about his caregiving journey and the battle she had uh, following a very awful auto accident that ultimately took her life. So, Gerald, you're sharing with us that you you said to Karen, uh, you know, I'm going to die before you are. If I don't get some sleep, we need help. So what did you do? So we hired this um, organization. Um, They're my buddies or something. Anyway, um, they came um, every night at 10 o'clock. They would come and they would relieve me at night and they would stay till 7 o'clock in the morning so I could get some sleep. Wow. And um, then, of course, I would get up, you know, make breakfast for the kids, send them off to high school. Fortunately, by this time, my boys drove. And so they were able to drive themselves to the high school and their sister. And uh, uh, then I stayed with Karen all day. And um, sometimes a friend would come by to give me a chance to go to HEB and get groceries so I could make dinner. So dinner would be ready for the kids when they got home. Uh, but pretty much I was with Karen from 7 in the morning till 10 at night. And then it was a, an everyday routine. And um, I can tell you that having a, a routine really helps. Um, and, of course, by this time, my kids were already in high school. So they, they were able to help. Um, unfortunately, my daughter really suffered the brunt of all of this. She, she, ha- she has had a hard time. Um, she was stage. so close to your to your wife, to her mother. Yes, 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 very. And to this day, she refuses to get a driver's license. She will not get into a car and drive. And so we're working on that. Um, but I will tell you, one of the things that I found in, in dealing with all of this is the hospitals and the doctors. You know, you go to the hospital and every time, even though Karen had been, you know, for 10 years, she'd been going in and out of the hospital. They had all her information. They had her insurance cards. They Every time I went to the hospital, I had to fill out all those damn forms all over again. And so I always kept the sheet with me, you know, her name, her date of birth, her social security number, all the things that they always ask you for, because sometimes I couldn't remember. So I always kept that in. I I carried a, a, a satchel with all that stuff in it. I always carried the list of her medicines, a list of who her doctors were, the different, you know, ailments that she had, whether it was the the kidney doctor, the nephrologist, or the cancer doctor, or, you know, the hip doctor. I mean, I kept all that very organized so that when I went to, you know, admit her, I had that information. And, and you know, she was going to the same hospital every time. I didn't understand that. Um, 
but that's the way it was. And um, so it's important to keep all your documents together. And uh, if I could tell anybody who's caregiving, that's one of the most important things. Be organized, know the medicines, know the doctors, know the hospital, um, you know. And then unfortunately, sometimes when the ambulance came, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning and here we go. Um, you know, I I think that Karen suffered so much. Um, and I think that's one of the things that pulled me through all of this. I knew she was she was in much more pain and suffering a whole lot more than I was. Why do you think and, she didn't just give up? You know, she was a strong woman and she 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 wanted to see her kids graduate from high school. And she kept telling me, I'm going to get better. And we thought she was going to walk out of the hospital. She went into the hospital in June. They did the operation for her hip. And the doctor said it was a great success. So we thought, okay, she's going to get out. But no, in August, her kidneys began to fail. And unfortunately, by October, they just they couldn't dialyze anymore. And I mean, I knew it was coming. And sure enough, you know, the doctor had told us, I don't think you live more than 10 years. And he was right. You know, she didn't. Um, and, you know, I, I cannot um, say enough how important it is to, to have people around you. And, you know, one of the things that I found helpful for me in the grieving process was talking about it. And I'll be honest, there's times when I'm driving and I'll be stopped at a red light and a song will come on or something will come on a news clip of something and I'll start crying. And because it reminds me of Karen and um, it's really, really difficult to get your life back. Um, after all of that, you know, we've lived, we lived through, I mean, 12 years of trauma in my house. And I really feel for my kids because it's not like, you know, you get sick, you go to the hospital and you come back and you're okay. This was Every day for 12 years, even though she had four good years, I don't know if you remember this, but the last two years when she was on the bench, I would take her every day in her wheelchair and she was in court. She never missed a day. Um, and I used to tell her, Karen, what are you going to do with all those hundreds and hundreds of days that you never use? But no, oh, she was time very, off, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, she was adamant. Her, her docket was clean, you know, and. You know, they used to call it the rocket docket, but I mean, she was a great jurist and, um, you know, she, she has taught my kids a lot by the way she lived. And, um, I think that that's, you know, like I said, the last two years in a wheelchair every day to work. And, you know, she was a trooper. We even took a trip. The last trip she took, she said, I am going to go with these kids because she wanted the kids to go to the Grand Canyon and go whitewater rafting because the kid, the boys like that. So we took a trip by car with some friends, uh, Troy and Roxy Haynes and their family. And she planned her dialysis. Our trip was planned according to what day she had to have dialysis. And the clinics, you know, we made uh, plans way ahead of time. We went all the way to Las Vegas by car. And even in Las Vegas, she was dialyzed. And then we came back. And that was the last trip that she took with the kids. And, um, you know, she her thing was she wanted to make memories for her children, which I think was really wonderful because she has left them so many memories. Um, when the kids get sad, we talk about, oh, remember this trip or remember that trip or, you know, remember when we were campaigning and y'all were putting up signs and, you know, um, 
I mean, if you think about this, we ran a campaign when Karen was sick and she ran a campaign and won and went back to the bench. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know if you all have more questions or uh, but well, I'm, I'm curious I mean, I, and, I, I, and I know Carol has some questions as well. But uh, what are you doing now with all the time you have recaptured? <laughs> I wish I could say I have a lot of time, but um, you don't know this, but I had to deal with Karen's estate. Fortunately, she and I, um, we had our wills done when we got married 23 years ago. So we had planned everything way in advance. But I was also taking care of her mother. Her mother had dementia, um, has dementia and Alzheimer's. And um, so her mother passed away in January. And um, as well as taking care of her mother, I take care of her brother. Her brother is um, in a um, facility. And so Karen and I have been taking care of him for oh, 24 years. And um, so not only did I have to deal with Karen's stuff, but I had to deal with her mom and her brother. And I'm still dealing with her brother. Um, so it's not as uh, bad because he's in Houston. He's The doctors are with him and all that. So that's okay. Um, but yeah, this past year has been a year of trying to get my life back together. And, um, you know, I went out for the first time, I think, uh, in February. And it's, it's just really hard going out in public. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, she was a public figure and, you know, um, everybody. Hey, Gerald. Could, yeah. We got to stop you right here. We could go on for another two, three <laughs> hours and we maybe could. we'll do a follow-up. I thank you so much for sharing your incredible story. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. This is thank Caregiver you. SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.